Hello everyone! Before we get today's episode going, I have a major announcement for you guys. I, yours truly, have opened a brand new merch shop! To be honest with you guys, I was personally not happy with spring, the experience, the quality of the clothing and stuff like that. After hearing so many good words from so many other people, I decided to bring everything from the spring shop over to Fourth Wall! Fourth Wall will now be the new home for the Postmodern Art Podcast shop. You can go there today and see a wide range of incredible shirts that we've had up there before, such as the logo, the Pride Collection, as done by Eldritch Grandpa and Mine and Roll Tears, the wonderful retro design, as done by Roya Shahidi, uh, the incredible tag design, done by the incredible Aiden Art. And speaking of Aiden Art, thanks to him, we have two new designs that you can buy right now. The first being this cute little little sock where you can see a little 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 money bags on your on your ankle, little cute little adorable. Just look at the little thing. I I I, I love him. It, it's wonderful. But also, more importantly, if you guys pay attention to me on Twitter, a few months back I did a little contest and I did a little meme that was basically reminiscent of that classic Sonic pose of the alone on a Friday night thing. Uh, well, I decided to do my own version of that, which Aiden did. And now with this new shop, I decided, eh, let's slap that on a shirt. It looks absolutely incredible. All the shirts are using comfort color shirts, which are absolutely soft and amazing. I can attest to that after buying former guest Feral Starweaver's shirt. Um, I, I could not get enough of his shirt. He was telling me so many wonderful things about Fourth Wall. So many other people were talking about Fourth Wall. So I knew I just had to go there in order to sell my merch. You can go to the link down in the description below to find the link for that merch shop, or you can type post-modern-art-podcast-shop.fourthwall.com. You might want to go to that link in the description below. It's so much easier. And just to celebrate the brand new opening of the shop, if you use code NEWSHOP in checkout, you'll get an additional 10% off your order today. This deal will only be limited throughout the month of June. Sincerely, guys, this merch really does mean a lot to me. Uh, the artists that made this stuff did an absolutely sensational job, especially uh, the ones I listed before, and Tipsy J Hearts for providing, obviously, the OG Mr. Moneybags design. And it also means a lot to me to give back to both the community and to the artists as well, with half of the profits going back to the artists that made the merch in the first place, and then for all the ones in the Pride Collection, all the profits that I make from that will go directly to charities such as Lambda Literary and the Trans Lifeline. So any love and support that you can show with this podcast, any merch that you guys buy uh, to really help get the name out there more and to really help grow this community more, you'll know how much it would mean the world to me if you go to the merch shop today. Check the link in the description below or go to post-modern-art-podcast-shop.fourthwall.com. Just go to the link in the description below. It'll be so much easier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and look, 
at this point, as you can see, we've hit episode 130. So many incredible episodes over two and a half years at this point. I cannot thank you guys enough sincerely for getting me to this point. So, as a way to kind of celebrate, in a way, I'm kind of going back to a guest that I've wanted to be on the podcast from the start. And let me tell you, the conversation I have you, absolutely worth the wait. Today's guest is Melody Isa, an animator, writer, and illustrator with experience on several incredible projects, including her own pilot for Nickelodeon, Off the Shelf. Like I said, this was an episode that I have been wanting to have for ages, and I'm so grateful that Melody was able to find the time in order to really hash this out. This turned out to be an incredible conversation, as you can probably tell with how long it is. <laughs> I mean that in the best way possible. Seriously, this was it was so insightful to hear what Melody had to say, and I cannot thank her enough for taking the time to do this. And I know you guys are going to love and enjoy the conversation. Just a little bit of a heads up, though. Throughout the conversation, there's going to be times to where... It seems like her connection stutters. I don't know if it was the internet on my side, or now on her side, tech issues or something like that. You probably should know by now at this podcast, tech issues are not exactly my strong suit. But it should not take away from the conversation too much. It was still a fantastic conversation that I know you guys are going to love. If you do enjoy the conversation, especially our guests for today, make sure you support Melody with the links down in the description below. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. Look, I see that stuff. I know I see it, and I love it. So please get more. <laughs> if you want to go even further with that support, maybe you should consider going to that brand new merch shop for Fourth Wall. We have a wide range of several incredible designs, including... Some new ones that I recently added to celebrate pan pride, whether it's pansexual pride or frying pan pride. <laughs> Both done by the wonderful Salvador Sacido. Uh, link to that shop will be in the description below. Please buy today. It is absolutely incredible. And look, if all you want is a nice, calm, cool, casual place to where you can meet some of the other incredible artists in this community, maybe you should consider joining our Discord server, the Artist Sanctuary. We've already developed quite an incredible community so far, filled with incredible artists showing off their work almost on a daily basis, and you should be a part of that group today. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. By the way, thank you after all this time for finally taking the time to have <laughs> on the podcast. I don't know if you remember my initial email, you know, back in 2020. When I... I yeah, I, I looked it up and I mean, you know, uh, again, uh, not that I've like been invited to do stuff like this that often or anything, but um, God, I can't even specifically because I don't remember I, exactly I, when it was. Because if I remember correctly, I think it was like August or September 2020. I, I don't know if this was the exact reason, but also I don't blame you if this was the reason. At that time, I had nothing. I didn't have any episodes or yeah. anything. So it was just like a random person be like, hey, I have this podcast. And then you look up and there's like <laughs> no podcast. And you're like, yeah, right, this is right. so interesting. <laughs> no, for sure. And I mean, not that I thought it was like disreputable right off the bat or anything. Um you know, it was mostly just, I think, at the time uh, with me being busy with whatever I was around then specifically. Uh, it was definitely like, yeah, there was there was a lot that was kind of all over the place, I think, right around then. 
Well, I understand. And nevertheless, thank you for once again taking the time to be here. I really do appreciate it. Like I said before, obviously, you're, you're a guest yeah. I've been wanting to have on the podcast for a while. So I'm glad we could get <laughs> well, this opportunity. Yeah, thank you. All right, Melody, before we really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I may. Let's say you get to go to a desert island on your own accord. It's just you, alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe. You get to truly enjoy yourself for a little bit. With accommodations, you're not mm-hmm. stranded on an island. It's like a, a little right, vacation right. for you. To help, with, mm-hmm. to help with whatever vibe you want to try to go with on this island, you can bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you. Again, to help with whatever like headspace you want when relaxing in your own little paradise. If given this opportunity, what would that one piece be? Um, I would say probably the Muppet movie. Um, okay. Just because that's, that's always been like one of my favorite movies. It's always such a comfort to me. Um, you know, Jim Henson and the Muppets, that's always been such a, a big sort of inspiration and everything for myself. Uh, and let me, let me see real quick. Cause I know there's one quote by Jim Henson that I absolutely love. Okay. Um, and it's it's basically like I I try as best I can to live my life by this, essentially. Um, and the quote from him is, my hope still is to leave the world a bit better than when I got here. And yeah, so basically it's like, all I want to do is try to make uh, as many people like maybe a little bit happier, or a little bit like laugh or smile or something like feel a little bit better, even a tiny bit like at any point as often as I can, because, you know, life is difficult yeah. and, you know, there's all kinds of things that everyone has to deal with. So like, I don't know. I I just I I care about uh, so many people and just would love for things to head in a better direction for everyone's sake and well being. So like that that's that's my hope, anyways. I mean, to, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and straight up and say this right off the bat. Uh, I didn't realize <laughs> that was a quote from Jim Henson because that's just something that I personally uh-huh. do live by. Like that that quote in particular. I, I I try to live by mentality that no matter what kind of impact that I leave, I want to make sure that I leave the world better in one way or another than I entered it. That's just something I said yeah. from like day one. So the fact that like Jim Henson, who has had quite an impact on society on all sorts of different aspects with what he presented to the world, like I can understand why you take instant comfort in that, especially with like the Muppet movie. I mean, let's be honest, like even without the, the sentimental quotes and all that stuff like that, it's just a good movie. It's just a great time at the end of the day. No, for sure. And I think I mean, it's a big thing to me about the Muppets and Jim Henson and like the way that they made things like him and everyone involved. It was such a, like, it was silly. It was crazy. It was chaotic, but it was also like genuine and sincere and heartfelt. And like, you know, there, there can never be enough of that, uh, you know, out in the world, I feel like. And, you know, so I, I appreciate that stuff so, so much. Absolutely. But nevertheless, the Muppet movie, that is your answer. You're locking that in. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> then if that's the case, well, I say let's get moving right along into the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Nathan Ragland. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Uh, check out the new merch shop. Uh, link will be down in the description below on Fourth Wall. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostmodArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> She is a trans artist, animator, and writer with experience on amazing projects such as OKKO, Jellystone, and her own pilot for Nickelodeon Off the Shelf with sensational art style to boot. Welcome to the podcast, Melody Isa. Thank you. <laughs> How are you doing today? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm doing I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I know I said before, but I'll say it again. Thank you once again for taking the time to do this once again. Um, I, I'll probably leave this part in whenever I'm editing it. But like I said before, you were one of the first people that I had reached out to, to to be on this podcast. So this is literally an episode years in the making, and I am excited to <laughs> I'm excited to get the opportunity to sit down and talk with you, talk about the stuff you've been able to produce and the stuff you've had a hand in because you've had quite a resume, if I do say so myself. But before I really do, oh well, thank you. Before Thank we really divulge into the stuff you're, you've had a hand in, I want to know more or less the origin story of Melody in the first place. What got you interested in art and animation in the first place? All right. So let's see. I was born in a small suburb outside of Chicago. Uh, and I don't know, ever since I was really young, probably like five, I think, I got to do like my first sort of book report type thing you know it was essentially like you know write something about anything or anyone right and so i picked jim henson because i love jim henson and the muppets and you know it's been so influential to me since then but also like i don't know just i i always loved watching cartoons i always loved Looney Tunes and Tex Avery cartoons like yep. Droopy Dog and all of that. And then, of course, you know, uh, was was super influenced by a lot of like, you know, early 90s Cartoon Network, Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls, yes. uh, you know, uh, all that all that good fun stuff. Other things like Rocco's Modern Life, early SpongeBob, like uh chowder and flapjack like i know that was a little bit later but yeah stuff like that and samurai jack and you know the work of people like gandy tartakovsky and craig mccracken and uh carl greenblatt and thorup van orman just I, I mean again a lot of different artists whose work i really love and on so many different levels like you know from just being able to communicate things in a way that's really fun and silly and like very bold and you know it it just everything really pops and and just feels super appealing and so like i don't know i always loved that stuff and then my parents uh you know basically allowed me to you know draw and make art uh, because it was, you know, like, oh, well, whatever keeps you out of trouble kind yeah, of attitude. Fair enough. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, uh, so I, I really just gravitated towards that and, and 
dived into it. And, you know, I mean, as, as soon as I could see like, oh, credits and here are these people who made these things, like who's Tex Avery, who's Chuck Jones, who's Bob Clampett. And, you know, like being like, oh, well, they made these cartoons. Like, so that's a job that someone can have. And so it was always something that I was gravitated towards and, and, you know, uh, had wanted to do again, ever since I was little. And I just, I always drew and, you know, there's something about animation and cartoons that's so like the timing of things, you know, the timing of silly humor and jokes and stuff that just can hit you in such a way uh, you know, when everything comes together, like the visuals and the voices and the sound effects and music, like uh, you can do so much and communicate so much with that and, you know, touch people in different ways, like, like make someone laugh or make someone like cry or make someone just, you know, uh, feel different emotions. And that is pretty amazing to me. <laughs> so... I mean, so yeah, I I can certainly agree with you with certainly the emotion that mediums, especially like that, can really touch you know so many different generations. So I mean, you were talking about like at least three different generations of incredible like animation or just good shows in general, like being influenced by mm -hmm. the Muppets, being influenced by those early two thousands stuff with you know Powerpuff Girls and stuff, and, you know, being influenced by the late two thousands with you know Chowder and Flapjack. Like, believe me when I say all that stuff that you talked about, that, that had quite an impact on me as well. That was the stuff I grew up on. That's the stuff I instantly gravitated towards and loved, like with a burning passion more than anything else. That's that's why. Yeah, I, yeah. That's why. I love talking to, to creators such as yourself that get an opportunity to to that take inspiration from that and do incredible stuff with it um i, I do want to go back a little bit and talk about at least like the first thing that you kind of gravitate towards or at least one of the first ones you em, em, uh, emphasize all the way from the start of the podcast muppets I, I i know you have a very fondness for like the muppets and the puppetry stuff like that what is it about that that like just gravitated you and like really like opened your mind creatively so, I mean, again, there's just that aspect of uh, the Muppets that's so, there's this like Muppet camaraderie and sort of craziness and chaos mm -hmm. and silly, ridiculous fun uh, that, you know, I always loved and wanted like in my life, whether that's with friends or in the workplace, anything like that, like that was something that I just really, really, you know, gravitated towards and is something that, I don't know, just strikes a chord with me in a, a very specific way. Because again, I just, I love things that are really silly and dumb, <laughs> like, you know, I, I mean, anytime I'm like writing things or trying to think of a joke or something uh, in a board that I'm doing or whatever it is, um, you know, I always am like, OK, well, well, how dumb can this be? Like the dumber, <laughs> the better. And and if I can push it more in that direction, like like, oh, you know, this is kind of funny. But but what if it was even stupider? Like what what? would that do and and you know and also thinking about things like obviously you know uh 
my favorite stuff is is character driven things right. and when the humor comes out of them and they're they're just being the way that they are and the 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 way that their relationships work and how they interact with each other as characters like that's that's my favorite stuff you know that's where it like you know that's like the core of all the things that I love in animation and just storytelling in general. I mean, again, I love that in great movies and TV shows and, you know, live action animated, all of it. It's, there's just, you know, something about art and creativity and being able to communicate things uh, in a lot of different ways. And I mean, you know, that, that goes with anything, right? Like, you know, when someone makes, music like a song that you know just hits you a certain way and it's like in some ways it's kind of specific and in other ways it's like very emotionally specific Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know or like with food and cooking and and you know like being able to like satisfy a person's hunger but in a way that's very like interesting and has layers to it and different textures and I don't know, just all kinds of stuff. But it's like anything can be like inspiration and anything can be something that, you know, uh, connects with someone and communicates something. And like, I don't know, I love that about stuff and, you know, uh, life and all of that. So I mean, I can certainly see a lot of that, those elements certainly come out, like, especially from the Muppets, like, come out, like, with the stuff you've worked on subsequently, and, like, especially, like, the characters. You want to talk about characters, just look across all of Jim Henson's properties, just as a whole. That is nothing but characters. Yeah, no, definitely. And, again, there's just, there's this heart and sincerity and a very genuine nature from them and you know they're just they're pulling from themselves as people and you know it's like they do like they care about each other and you know they they want what's best for each other and you know they have struggles and they have moments where things are chaotic and you know not everything's going right Mm -hmm. but like you know they try to pull it together and you know i mean very much with how like Kermit is in the Muppet show where it's just like everything can fall apart constantly, but you know, he just kind of wants to keep everything together for like everyone's sake ultimately. And, uh, you know, I, again, I just, I love all of that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why the Muppets have been one of probably the, the better longer lasting properties like throughout history at this point. Um, and like, especially like, you know, taking all that and all the, the love you've had for like animation and such, when did it go from this, like just general love and appreciation for art to a passion and then wanting to make it your career? So let's see. Um, I mean, I definitely went through different like phases and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I remember, you know, throughout middle school and high school, I, got really into anime and, you know, American comic books and stuff like that. And, uh, and then in, in high school, I ended up being able to take a, uh, like a film class where we, we, you know, the school I went to was a brand new high school at the time. So my first year there was its first year open. And 
So they had this really great like video production uh, class with all this great new equipment. And so we could shoot, like film our own shorts and things like little short films and, you know, just try to make whatever and, you know, have a, a blast doing it. And yeah, it was also pretty chaotic. And, you know, of course it's high school. So like, uh, not everyone's going to take it as seriously as say I wanted to. Right. Right. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's everything that sort of comes with that. But again, I got to make these films and stuff and I really, really loved it. And, you know, I still drew and, and made art, but I remember even at the time, like weirdly, because, you know, when I was very young, I was like, I want to make cartoons. But in that awkward teenage phase, I remember when people would be like, oh, you should make cartoons. And I'd be like, no, I'm I'm beyond that, you know, and uh, <laughs> like, oh, that's that's beneath me or, you know, whatever. Right. Like, oh, cool I want to be cartoons. like, <laughs> right. I want to be like uh, George Lucas or Steven Spielberg. Uh, like I want to, I want to make films. And, you know, of course the funny thing is, is so, uh, you know, my family moved down to Southern California for my senior year of high school. Okay. And because I was transferring to a school in a different state and everything, like, there was all this stuff with school credits and me having to, you know, make up a lot to be able to get everything to transfer correctly mm -hmm. uh, for me to be able to graduate. And so it was like um, most seniors at the school I went to were like, oh, you know, they had three or four classes and that was kind of it. And they're like, you know, oh, they've been here this whole time and they're getting ready to go on their way out and whatever. And, you know, pretty chill. But I had like, eight classes and two correspondence courses on top of that just to be able to graduate. So it was, it was very chaotic and a I lot can, of work. I commend you nevertheless. <laughs> well, thanks. Um, so when I went down there, um, I wanted to take a film class, um, but they only had one year of it mm -hmm. and I had already taken two. So, you know, I, I couldn't take it. And on top of that, it was weird because of course at the time, like I figured, Oh, well, it's Southern California. Like people are going to be making films, but no, everyone was just making skate videos, yeah, uh, yeah. which is fine. But you know, I was like, I want to make films. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, so I had gotten into like, I was, Oh, well, since I can't take that, I'm, I need to take, a class to fill this credit and I had found out that they had a, an animation class and Ooh. so I was like okay well drawing film it kind of comes together sure I'll, I'll totally do that and so I took it and I think for the first semester I like failed the class because the teacher was like trying to teach everyone how to draw from like the most dumb basic building block type of thing. But it was like, you know, like draw a page of circles roughly the same size and then write a page about it. And now draw a page of like squares and triangles and cylinders and then write a page about it. And, you know, now we're going to take those shapes and we're going to try to make slightly more complex but still pretty simple things. You know, there's just very slow and, and then all this stuff that I was like oh I already know how to draw I don't like this <laughs> um and 
then when we got to the second semester, we actually started animating. And that's when I was like, oh, my God, I love this. Because you could sit down and do a bunch of drawings and shoot them on, um, I think it was called Lunchbox or something. But you'd shoot the animation and transfer it onto a VHS tape and, you know, have it timed out, like the, the frame rate and whatever, and see this thing that I drew moving and have weight and, you know, characters talking and all this stuff. It was just, it was, it was very, you know, addictive and and fun to be like, oh my God, like I I was able to make this. And like, you know, uh, whereas with, with live action, you know, oh, I have to rely on so many other people. Right. Whereas with animating, like, oh, I, I can have more control over doing whatever I want. Um, and, you know, so there was a lot of appeal there. But of course, you know, uh, having worked in animation, like, you know, uh, anything in entertainment, it's so, so collaborative and takes so many people yes. to do anything. So it's like, you just, you know, you want... Uh, good working relationships and you want everyone to to you know have as good of a journey making a thing um you know and and like more important than like how good or bad the end product of whatever you're making is because of course you're going to work on some things that you're like oh i don't want anyone to know i worked on that and then other (laughs) things that you're like oh i'm really proud of this and that like you know, that's some of the best work that I did or whatever. But, you know, again, more importantly than that, it's it's having a really good working atmosphere and, and everyone, you know, being able to, like, have a good time and not be, like, stressed to hell and whatever and, you know, all of that. So, like, I don't know. that uh, In my experiences with it, that's definitely more what I'm I'm focused on is... is for people being able to have like a reasonable workload and a reasonable schedule and, you know, being able to do things in a manner that doesn't, you know, completely eat into and away from, you know, someone's life. Cause everybody, you know, has their own life and it's so easy for so many people to sort of get lost in the, grind of everything you know and and be you know get ground down (laughs) over time because you know you you're pouring so much time and effort into all this stuff right and you know it's easy to just have time pass by and look up and be like oh god like (laughs) like where am i and what's going on (laughs) you know but uh but yeah like um, so anyways, so I, I took that animation class and then someone came like to talk about, uh, a school, uh, which was the art Institute in LA. Okay. And, you know, so I was like, oh, okay. Like, well, I'll go check it out or whatever. Right. And I remember too, at the time, like I, I had some friends my senior year who were like mentioned CalArts. But everything at the time just made it sound like terrifying to me, right? Because it's like, oh, you know, like like three thousand people apply, but only thirty get in, or whatever it was. I don't even remember exactly, but it was something that sounded scary right. to me because I was, you know, at the time I'm like, well, if I apply to a place and I don't get in, that's it. 
right? Like I'm done. Uh, uh, and I mean, you know, as an adult, you realize, oh no, that's not actually how stuff is. Like you can work on yourself and like improve and try again and, you know, like take that time. But like, again, I, I was young and I didn't know any better. Uh, so anyways, we visited the Art Institute and I was basically like, okay, I took the tour and sure, why not? I'll do this. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I mean, I got some good out of it. Like I made some friendships and stuff that I, I definitely cherish and, and all of that. But like, overall, it wasn't like a great experience, <laughs> you know, it was, it's, it's uh, you know, analogous to like, like the, the McDonald's of art school. Like it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's about like churning out people to be able to do like whatever jobs. Their main uh, purpose was to get and, people from point A to point B as soon as they can. Right. And, you know, and again, a lot of different weird things with that. Like, obviously I was like, well, I know I want to get into like, I, I loved TV cartoons more yep. than anything. I wasn't as interested in feature, but I was, I was like, I love TV cartoons cause they can be so silly and mm -hmm. simple and, that's what I, I knew I wanted to do. And so I took some of the basic 3D classes, like, you know, animation and modeling and all of that. But it just, I did not enjoy it. And, you know, uh, and then the administration, because I was talking to them and trying to be like, oh, okay, hey, I want to, you know, see if I can somehow focus on the things that I actually want to do mm. and see if I can make make a short film and whatever and you know they were like well no like you you have to take these classes and whatever but think of it this way like you know uh, the 3d stuff that's a another thing on your resume that's another thing you can do and another job you can get and i'm like yeah but if i take like why would i take a ballet class if i don't want to do ballet right. like why am i spending my time and effort and money on something if that's not something that I want for myself, especially if I want anything to do with that. So anyways, at that point, I ended up quitting school. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so, yeah, I was saying like, I ended up visiting CalArts after that and I was like, oh damn, this is where I should have gone. But like, again, mainly because I was like, so interested in wanting to make my own short films and having that resource. And, you know, I mean, I, I got to do a couple of things with some friends and stuff like me and two of my friends, like we made a short animation so long ago, but we, we made one for like this online contest or whatever, where it was like, you know, Oh, like you have like, I don't know, two weeks to make a short film. And then, you know, we'll give you the, the three prompts or whatever it is right? and then go make it and then, you know, turn it in by here and whatever. And so we did make something in, in that amount of time and we worked our asses off, but like, it's, it's also like, Oh my God, I can't believe this thing we made. It's so weird and ridiculous. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but, but that's the thing getting to have that experience and whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, you know, me going up and getting more into it. And, you know, and then for a, a good long while, 
like after quitting school, it was a struggle because by the time I quit school, it was, you know, I think middle of 2006. And then of course, 2008, you have the recession. Uh, Briefly, I had gotten a job like in the middle of nowhere on the East coast side of Canada in a region called New Brunswick in a small, small town called Miramiche. This weird little French Canadian hick town. Like, like I can't describe a French Canadian hick accent. (laughs) It was bizarre. That's all I can say. It was bizarre. And that whole experience, the, the town... The town that I lived in, like, had a population of less than 1,800 people, like okay. the whole town. Uh, and at the time, the the animation studio that I worked at, like, it was one of the biggest uh, places of employing people. Because the biggest place before then was, like, a paper mill that had, like, shut down or something. Mm. <clears throat> But anyway, so that was a really bizarre experience. I mean, it was it was good in some ways and, you know, getting out and trying something and, and getting a little more experience and whatever. And I worked on some weird cartoons back then. <laughs> they had this web, this web cartoon for, I can't believe it's not butter with like these characters, Sprachel and Spritzy. And uh, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it's so bizarre. Like, oh my God. And yeah, just different stuff like that. I think there was also things like uh, like Super Strikers, which was a comic done in like South Africa or something. Okay, and we were working on a cartoon for that. And then there was like, I think another thing called Chaotix or something. And then another thing called Super Normal. And then there was like, there was like one person who was like a really good animator and they were working on some cartoon called Skunk Fu. And I was like, oh, that looks fun. But of course, I don't get the opportunity to work on the thing that looks fun. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, and then I I don't know. It was, it was, I ended up, you know, of course, moving back to the States when that didn't work out. And I, I only worked there for like, you know, like four or five months. It was over the summer, basically. Okay. And... And, you know, then move back to the States and, you know, try to get work and, you know, struggle for a couple of years trying to get whatever. And, of course, my attitude was very like, well, if it takes me a year, if it takes me five years, if it takes me 10 years, like, then that's that amount of time that I can work at getting better at what I want to be able to do. Right. And, you know, just being very, like, sort of hard-headed about the whole thing. (laughs) And, you know, like... That was just, it's, it's what I want to do. And like, like, you know, know, if someone gets to make cartoons, then why not me? Basically, Uh, you know, like if someone can be like, you know, Brad Bird or Gandhi Tartakovsky, like, why not me? Yeah. Uh, Was my thought anyways. And, uh, and then also when I was going to the Art Institute, this is in 2005, uh, I was like, oh, I want to, I want to intern somewhere. And so I was like, well, I want to, I want to intern at Cartoon Network because I love Cartoon Network. Right. And so I like looked up the number and I called them and was like, hi, uh, who do I need to speak with to, you know, see about setting up an interview for the internship? 
you know, program. And they were like, oh, okay, we'll put you through. And so, you know, they were like, okay, well, you'll have an interview here. And so I was like, awesome, great. And I remember I was talking to my friend Daniel and he was saying like, oh man, that, that sounds so cool. Like, I wish I could do that. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, you can. And he was like, oh my God, you're right. So he <laughs> called them and also got an interview. And then we both ended up interning there at the same time, nice. which was really cool. But, nice. but, um, but on the flip side of it, like at the time he, when he got his internship, they put him like, and they didn't really pay attention to like our art. Like I brought a portfolio, but the interviewer was like, oh, that's great. I don't need to see it. <laughs> and I'm just like, why not? I'm confused. Mm. Uh, and so anyways, they, they didn't pay any attention to that really. So my friend, uh, Daniel, they put him on Camp Laszlo. Okay. And then they put me on the very first iteration of Ben 10. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I was like, well, I'm happy to be here. I wish I was on a cartoony cartoon. <laughs> and of course, you know, I'll, I mean, and I was so excited to be there anyways that like I'm going around and I'm like checking stuff out and talking to people like, you know, as long as no one was too busy or whatever, like if they had a moment and they wanted to share whatever, you know? And so I'd meet a bunch of different artists and, you know, they'd share all kinds of stuff and I'd make copies of like designs and boards and I don't know, whatever I could find uh, because you can't find that stuff anywhere. Like they don't have all these art books from shows, uh, you know, in the nineties and the early aughts that like, you know, uh, you just, you don't have that anywhere. And I was like, oh, I, I need to, you know, get my hands on these things because it's so, I don't know, it's so inspirational and fun. And, and like, ugh, I just, I loved it. But yeah, everyone there was so cool and sweet and whatever. And, uh, you know, I had, there was a uh, production coordinator on Ben 10 that for whatever reason, they like had an issue with me going around and talking to people and whatever. And there was like one day where like I called in, like wasn't able to do my internship that day or whatever. And then my friend Daniel was like, Oh, Hey, Friday, like, uh, the, you know, this one guy's going to pitch his, his, you know, pilot board and like, you should come check it out. And I was like, Oh, that sounds great. I'll totally go. And so mm -hmm. I went and checked it out. It was awesome. But you know, basically they were like, oh, well, you know, after that, uh, they had like one of the ladies in HR pull me aside and they were like, hey, so, you know, between them having issues with like, you know, trying to find me or trying to get me to just like, they just wanted me to like make copies and run, you know, get coffee and like that kind of stuff. Uh, and like, that's all they wanted me to do. Mm. Right. And so they were they were not happy about it for whatever reason. And so then they fired me from my internship. And this was an unpaid internship, <laughs> which is so ridiculous. So it's like, okay, I'm not getting paid and I'm doing this work. And it's not like I wasn't doing it at all or anything, right. but I just, I guess it wasn't like uh, enough for them. And so anyways, uh, so yeah. And then... <laughs> I ended up like sneaking back into the studio after they escorted me out. And then I like 
went and talked to a friend and they like took me out for ice cream or something afterwards. And I remember I was, I was so upset about the whole thing because I was like, I'm not mad at you guys. Like, I don't understand what's wrong. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just ridiculous. I mean, you know how it is sometimes. And that's, that's the thing people, you know, will have their weird attitudes about whatever. And it's just, you know, weird, but, uh, but you know, I had, I had, mostly a really good experience there um you know and got to meet so many different artists that i loved and looked up to and you know i mean again at the time getting to meet like oh here's craig mccracken and he's making foster's home for imaginary friends and you know oh here's i think gendy was working on like like uh they were i think wrapping up on like clone wars or something uh and god what else oh and i met thurup when he was doing the pilot for flapjack and and then i had met carl around that time too and he was you know working on uh early chowder stuff and again it was so cool to see all this stuff that everyone was doing and just getting so inspired and everything and yeah, it was just, it was a really, overall, a really good experience, uh, aside from, you know, getting fired. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and and I'm, I think they even said, they were like, you're the first, like, intern we've had to, like, you know, fire or whatever. And I'm like, well, do I get, like, a plaque for that or something? But, like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, is there this, this sounds like a badge of honor, maybe? I don't know. Like that, yeah. I'm surprised you I'm you surprised know, you haven't uh, put that on your resume in the first place. Just the first intern to be yeah, fired right. from a Cartoon Network internship. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. I I uh I didn't realize that that's what I should have put at the top of my uh you know, resume. <laughs> um but yeah, like totally you know, so, uh, and then of course, after, you know, working in the middle of nowhere in Canada and then coming back to LA and sort of bouncing around back and forth, going up to Washington state and then going back down to LA and going, you know, I, I did caricature at universal for a period of time. Okay. I, uh, worked up in the Bay area. I worked at a, a place called Playdom who had been bought by Disney interactive and we were making like, uh, you know, games for like social media. So it was like mm. stuff on like Facebook and whatever, these really weird games, but like, Hey, it was a job and I had it for a couple years and, you know, I was getting experience and a paycheck and, you know, I wasn't at all mad about that. Um, and then, you know, came back down to LA and, you know, it was a, a struggle for a good while, but then I finally was able to get some work And, you know, uh, and I mean, again, lots of ups and downs with everything. You know, I know my my first uh, board job was a struggle. It was on uh, uh, Breadwinners over at Nickelodeon. And, you know, there were a lot of things that I was like hyped about because I'm like, oh, it's fun and cartoony and whatever. But like the way that they wanted to go about making this cartoon felt like the opposite of the way that made sense to my brain. Um, (laughs) You know, like, because they would, they would write the script and then they would record the voices and, and they would put together a soundtrack of the voices and some temps, temp sound effects. 
it, music if they had it and, mm. you know, at least a, a click track for a beat uh, if they didn't have music. And then it's like, okay, you board to this. And, you know, and then boarding was like practically animating. You're doing it in Flash and you're drawing the characters and you're drawing the backgrounds and all this stuff. And, you know, they wanted it, quote unquote, on style, which was like a more frustrating way than like on model per se. Because it was like, well, they don't have locked in model stuff yet, but they want it to be stylistically whatever. And so, there, you know, you never knew exactly what like, okay, well, does this character have this kind of mouth shape or like how does their mouth work? I don't know. Cause I only have the one drawing of them with their mouth closed mm-hmm. and it's like a, you know, big beak or whatever. And you're like, uh, I don't know. And you know, there were just a lot of weird sort of rules and thoughts and things for like how they wanted things to be and whatever. And again, it was a good experience to get, uh, and, you know, work on things, but yeah, like, you know, it was, uh, but it was also a struggle, you know, and like only, only this year, I'll say I, I was uh, diagnosed with ADHD and like have been able to get medication for it. And like, now I can, I can more consistently feel like functional and productive and whatever, instead of, you know, the major struggle that it has been (laughs) for me. So like, Again, all these things that I'm like, well, I didn't know at the time, but you know, of course, <laughs> there's that the the struggle and and miscommunication that can happen with you know any of that stuff, right. and you know, of course, there are people who are like, oh, well, you know, you're just being lazy, and I'm like, well, I like, no, I'm not, like, you know, but I didn't know that at the time, so I just assume, okay, well, I guess I am. Um, but yeah, anyways, anyways. So yeah, that was, you know, some of those earlier experiences and whatever of me getting into animation. So it took like quite a while, like probably I'm going to say between the time that I quit school and the time that I actually got like my first decent consistent job was about five years. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, you like, know, yeah. and, and again, struggling and moving around and like I that I did caricature and I, just, I, I moved around so much and lived in like the weirdest little places. And, you know, I lived in West Hollywood, and North Hollywood and Burbank and Glendale and, you know, just bouncing around and staying on friends couches and, you know, whatever I had to do to like, I don't know, figure things out. <laughs> so it, it's definitely been like a, a crazy sort of, uh, adventure i guess but uh you know that's that's the thing about adventures right it's not always pleasant <laughs> yeah and even then like you know especially for an industry like this or whatnot it's you know the the adventure is never going to be a straightforward path it's always going to have little dips and valleys and highs oh, and lows no. and all sorts of interesting yeah. interesting opportunities that come along the way like you know doing an animated show yeah. for i can't believe it's not butter which now i need to see if i can deep dive the internet to find right. that oh. <laughs> it just sounds oh ridiculous God. but no, well, well and, you know have fun it's <laughs> not good but have fun look it's it, it, i what I didn't say I was hoping for something good. I was just hoping to see something interesting. No, that no. sounds interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, but, sure. You know, <laughs> if you want to see like a 
an early aughts uh, Flash cartoon, then, you know, yeah. I mean, that's what you're going to get. But I, uh, At yeah. least I know what like, I'm expecting going into it. But I, 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 also sure, love, sure. I also love that you were talking about, like, some of the opportunities with, like, Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon, especially, like, Breadwinners. Like, I imagine, like, especially that being, like, your first, like, official, like, first major job in the industry when it like said it was a learning experience but i can also imagine like how interesting it was especially hearing now how the animation more or less goes went where they kind of took care of everything oh, yeah. first and then you did the animation part of it which correct me if i'm wrong right. that sounds a little backwards than how it's initially really supposed to be done <laughs> well i mean as far as like how it generally and more traditionally is done it's, it's definitely very different than especially a lot of stuff in TV because mm -hmm. the schedule is so short comparatively. Okay. Um, you know, they're again, I mean, you know, to each their own and whatever, yeah. like they want to make something that way. That's fine. But like to my brain, it did not make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I like the process when I get to, you know, have a hand in the writing and, you know, getting to uh do more of a board driven thing you know uh the chances that i've had those or any time that i've gotten to work with someone and and you know get like good clear direction like oh this is what they want and mm -hmm. you know they know what they want and and it's like great i can hit that for them you know as opposed to like a potential moving target where it's like well i don't know exactly what i want and you're like okay well what about this well no i don't want that <laughs> all right well how about this no it's not that either mm. and it's like well what is it and it's like well i don't really know and you're like oh my god <laughs> like you know but again that's that's uh that's the struggle that can you know take place uh in this type of field because it's it's creative work and anytime you're doing something creative for work and i mean so many things are so much more creative than people think you know like you wouldn't think someone could be creative with math or you know someone could be creative in a science or whatever but like people are and can be and things aren't as like rigid as I know again everyone likes to put things in little boxes but like you know we're organic and messy yep. and yep. you know it, it just it does not it does not work out that way it does not no I mean even then like you're talking about like that being some of the first experiences and such but I mean it obviously like I said you guys you have to you have to start from somewhere, and I mean, obviously, I imagine, you know, shows like Breadwinners, like, led you to some other interesting opportunities to work for stuff like that. One of the opportunities I wanted to talk about that I was really interested in you know, and talk about is you actually had a hand with helping out with at least the pilot for what ended up being, like, a very beloved show, OKKO. OK you helped out with the Lakewood Plaza Turbo uh, pilot uh, a little? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, and I just, I had the most minor, <laughs> minor part on any of that. I mean, it was it was nice, a really good experience, but uh, Ian Jones-Cordy had uh, reached out to me and was like, hey, like, you know, we want you to, you know, do some color stuff. And so I was like, oh, great. So, you know, I got to uh, do some color and painting some backgrounds and things. And, you know, it was a really good and fun experience. I liked working with him yeah. and... Uh, I think, I think, I can't remember for sure. I know that I, I worked with other different people, you know, through them and all that, but like, I 
absolutely love OKKO. Like it's such a good and fun show. Mm -hmm. And like everyone that was involved in making it, like they're all so good and fun. And so like, I'm very grateful that it exists and that I've been able to enjoy it. You know, I would love for more things like that to get made because again, they're just, they're so fun and good and silly and ridiculous. And like, you know, uh, and and in that sense, it definitely uh, hits that note of like really silly, but also like pretty genuine and sincere, you know, a, a much like Jim Henson and the Muppets. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's just something that that I love anytime that's the, the case with something like that. So, again, great, great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And especially like like you said, OKKO OK is a great example of a, a show being like that. And especially hearing stuff from like the cast and crew like Sensen or whatnot. They, like any people that worked on a show like that are people that I would dream to have on this podcast to talk to them about like that fun experience. But I mean, also like with what you were talking about, like wanting to have that like fun character driven show and stuff like that. I know you personally tried to make that reality with your own stuff with, like I mentioned in the intro, the pilot that you presented to Nickelodeon called off the shelf. Now I, I, I went back and I watched this short and I, I love it. I genuinely do. It was a nice, (laughs) it, it was, it was a nice charming short. I was just wondering like Ralph the bet, how did the concept for this short come to be? And how'd you get an opportunity to present it to executives? So let's see. Um, again, I was working at Nickelodeon on Breadwinners at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had been, you know, I mean, I for a long time, I had always been kind of like uh, dinking around with ideas for different things. And, you know, I had this little idea of a couple of friends that like work together at a place. And I kind of wanted, like, I was like, Oh, it would be fun if they worked at some weird, like warehouse place. That's kind of like Amazon in that, you know, it's this big place, but like, it's weirder and crazier because, you know, it's kind of like you could have anything there and, you know, have all these sort of like weird, silly cartoony possibilities. Um, And, you know, an excuse to kind of do anything. It's like, oh, well, if I wanted to do something with giant robots, then, like, easy to, you know, use any excuse to do something like that. Or dinosaurs or, I don't know, whatever. Uh, But, so, that side of it. But then also, I worked really hard on trying to sort of set up this nice uh, core dynamic between the, the main characters and, you know, sort of their relationship together. And, anyways, so... I had this idea and I knew I was like, well, I kind of want to make a short and, you know, I like, I was just thinking about it on my own. And then uh, one friend of mine, um, God, I have to, to think for a second. Cause, um, uh, I think his name's Kevin, Okay. but, uh, but anyways, so Kevin, um, he, I think was working over in development or something. And he was like, Hey, we, uh, you know, like we've got a shorts program over here. You should pitch, pitch something. And so I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, sure. Why not? And you know, my attitude at the time was very like, sure. I'll pitch something. If they don't pick it up, no big deal. I'm going to do it anyways on my own. Uh, or at least that was my, ad- my attitude at the time. Uh, so, you know, I pitched it and I also had pitched like, 
having pitched a fair amount, like I've learned, especially when pitching to like executives for development or, you know, anything like that. Um, I try to set stuff up in a certain way, you know, where it's like, okay, I'm going to start with like probably my weakest idea. And then I'm going to go and pitch the like next stronger idea. And then I'll end with the strongest idea that I have. And, you know, in that sense, it's kind of like, oh, look, I'm getting better in this short period of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and then the other aspect of it, which is, when pitching, um, one, you want to know what they have and what they're looking for, right? right. And what they're not looking for. Um, because, you know, there were different times. Like, I remember when I interned at Cartoon Network, you know, they had their lists of, like, don't pitch these things, right? It's like they had Camp Laszlo and my gym partner's a monkey. They were like, no monkey shows. <laughs> uh, the weirdest, The weirdest one that they had was... And it made me wonder, like, who was pitching this? And and not only who was pitching this, but who was pitching this so much that they had to say, don't pitch this, which was shows about a trio of crime-fighting clowns, which, again, <laughs> I don't, I like, what? That is, okay. that, is, that is so oddly specific, but now I would want to oh, see yes. that. I want to see what that okay. would actually be. <laughs> Well, uh, the thing, too, with stuff like that, because you could go a bunch of different ways with it, but, like, more than a concept of something is the people that are making it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like a show of that premise by someone like Gendy is wildly different from, you know, uh, Rebecca Sugar or, you know, very different from... uh, you know, Dana Terrace or Matt Brawley or I don't know, just everyone has sort of like the way that they like to do things and sort of their thoughts about stuff and all of that. So it's like you have the same premise uh, or idea, but like someone's execution will make it vastly different. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, in that, in that sense, uh, you know, but anyway, so I, Going back, um, so I pitched, and they had gotten back to me, and they were like, "We we like it. We want to make a short." And I was like, "Awesome! Like, great! I'm I'm on board." And so I got to go through the whole process, and everyone was really great mm-hmm. in it. Uh, you know, the people that I I worked with at the time. Well, one of the main ones who she was fantastic was Mary Harrington. Uh, you know, she was super supportive uh you know the whole way through and uh and you know then other people like jenna boyd and jill sanford and you know um helping with different things and being very encouraging and sometimes they'd have notes and you know my attitude with things like notes from executives is like okay i'm gonna try to think about it Mm -hmm. uh and you know, I will I will take anything into consideration. Like, I'm not going to reject stuff outright. But if I feel like this isn't really going to help or improve anything, you know, it's not really a great note, I'll probably just ignore it. Uh, but if it's, like, I try to think generally if it's, like, okay, how can I approach this in a way that addresses the note and makes this thing better in the way that I like and want. 
Um, and so that definitely helped being able to, to make some changes as I was making it that really helped improve it in a lot of ways. And, you know, um, but yeah, so, you know, got to write it and board it and direct it and, you know, pick the different people that I wanted to work with. Um, I got to work with a animation studio up in Canada called Jamfield, um, to do the animation for it and they were fantastic to work with like i when when they sent their first pass uh of animation um because they did it in toon boom harmony okay um but when they sent their first pass you know while there were maybe a couple little things where it was like oh maybe change this or fix that or whatever but i was so happy with it that i would not at all be upset if it was like I couldn't touch it at that point. Like, oh, it's done. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would have been like, no, it's great. I love it. Uh, but they they really they really knocked it out of the park and did a fantastic job. And I was so happy the amount of, uh, you know, like fun additive things that people would bring to it as we were making it. Mm-hmm. You know, just little things. The way the way they'd animate this one thing. Like, uh, you know, one of my favorite scenes in it is kind of i i feel like i called it like the the staircase scene but it's essentially when everything goes wrong for max yeah um and and it's you know oh you're fired you're evicted you know all these things because it was like well what's what's a bad thing okay well what's worse and what's worse than that and what's worse than that and you know like okay let's you know really push that in that sense and whatever and during one of the the shots it was i think a couple of uh hobos who were like yep. you know you're out of the gang and the the way they animated the wobble on this character before they like flop down and fall over uh it was just so so good but they yeah they they did just excellent work and everyone that i got to work with you know people like uh chris eliopoulos uh he goes by elio and then uh yeah uh Geneva Hodgson, I got her to do some like, uh, you know, uh, special poses and like character design stuff. And so that, that was fantastic. Like she's great. Um, and yeah, just, I mean, again, a bunch of people that I, that I got to work with, uh, and it was just a really, really good experience. And it really like helped me feel a lot better about so many things in the sense that it was like, oh, okay, well, while I was struggling working on breadwinners and going, this doesn't make any sense to me, this process, um, you know, getting to actually go and do work on a thing and have a process and be like, okay, this makes sense to me. Oh, and it's fun. Oh, and it, it can all work out. And, you know, oh, hey, and it's it's turning out pretty good. And, you know, the other couple of things that had sort of popped up for that experience, they had taken it, like they they had screened it at, I think, like San Diego Comic-Con somewhere or something. Okay. And like one year. And then uh, another thing that had happened was uh, we went to, they were doing a, a screening uh, on the Paramount lot for, this was the... Uh, the second spongebob movie okay um so it was like a screening for employees of the studio and you know 
it was like, okay, we're going to have this fun and whatever. And they screened my short in the theater before the movie. Okay. And that was an amazing experience to get to sit with a whole audience and like hear and see like their reactions to stuff was so, so fantastic. Uh, I mean, again, it's just, you're like, oh, wow. Like that feels so good to be able to like actually experience that, you know? Um, and it's like, how often does that happen? Right? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, especially when you're doing, <laughs> well, when you're, when you're doing work in TV more so than uh, in animated features right Mm -hmm. because with a feature like yeah you can go see something you worked on in a theater with an audience and you'll get that experience but like that doesn't happen you know hardly ever uh with like you know tv animation um so again it was just it was a really really good and really fun experience and i was very grateful for that and then of course after I made the short. They wanted to go into development. And so we went into development. We worked out a deal and I was, uh, you know, building out the show and I, I was writing and then boarded an 11 minute pilot episode. Okay. Um, Because again, the short itself is only three minutes. Right. Like it's so short, (laughs) but it's like, okay, how can I do this in a way that gets everything across and, you know, like feels good, but also has like room to breathe for things. Cause so many short shorts like that, you know, you watch it and there's different stuff you can like about it, but often it's like, Oh my God, it's just these characters yelling this whole time. And it's always at 11 because it's so quick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, again, not the, the people making it fault, because it's such a short period of time, but it's it's hard to do. It's hard to make something that feels like it has those moments to breathe and still be funny and fun and, you know, clear. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, anyways, uh, so getting to, to make that and, you know, and, oh, and I got to, so I got to do my voice record for it because I was the voice of Max and, mm-hmm. you know, a couple other things in it. And so I got to, do my voice record with Kate Micucci, who was uh, Ashley. And and then um, I had wanted uh, Kumail Nanjiani for the character Naveen at the time. Okay. Um, and we weren't able to get him because he was busy working on uh, Silicon Valley. Okay. And so it was like, okay, well, you know, then we're auditioning people. And the, the guy who ended up doing it, Parvesh China. Oh, yeah. Um, when when he did his audition, I was like, oh, my God, this is better than what I had in mind. <laughs> like, it's so good. And again, his his delivery on things, his his take, his attitude, yeah. uh, you know, with it was so, so good. And I was just I couldn't be happier about it. And he was fantastic, too. But, yeah, getting to to work with them and do the voice records and, you know, all that stuff. It was just a really, really good, really fun experience. And it it definitely made me feel the, the you know, like just how much I love these things and why I love getting to do that stuff any chance I get. Yeah. Um, you know, because, again, it's it's like that going through that journey and that experience with all these other people can be so, so good. Um, and you know, 
that's that's what I like and would want. Like if I ever got the opportunity to have a show, I would want to do anything I could to make sure that it's a good working schedule. Mm-hmm. People have a good work life balance right. that they're not having too much asked of them. Cause, you know, people have lives and you know, we can have fun doing it and, and, have it be as minimal stress as possible. You know, like there are definitely a lot of different showrunners who can be like very, you know, micromanagey or, uh, you know, have these high expectations for things and, and a high bar set and all that stuff. And that's fine in and of itself, but really I'm more concerned with like having a really good experience with everyone on it. And, and, for it to be this good, safe place for people to to add to it and have fun doing that, you know, like, like, not like I'm not gonna have every great idea. Like, not everything is mine in it. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. like, I I view it as like I built a toy and a sandbox, and I want to get a bunch of awesome people to play with these toys in the sandbox and see what they come up with and see where they take things. And, you know, like it's so enriching and additive and, you know, that's, that's, again, that's, that's what I love so much about it. Um, You know, these possibilities where it's like, Oh, this person, like, you know, I mean, anyone can come up with different ideas that it's like, Oh my God, that's hilarious. Or, Oh, that's, that's such a, a crazy take on something or, oh, yeah, that would be perfect, you know, for this. And it's like, why would you want to cut, uh, you know, yourself off from being able to have input from people that make something even better? Right. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, uh, so I got to, you know, I made the... Uh, the pilot board and you know there were change-ups with executives pretty often Mm -hmm. at at any of the studios so like ultimately you know they passed on it and you know that's fine it happened uh but i got to make that that board um you know maybe someday i'll try to like i don't know make an animatic out of it or something just to have that or whatever but yeah, I just, I, I had a really good experience and yeah. Um, and then, uh, a, a, a little bit later, I also had gone into development with one cartoon idea over at Amazon. Ooh, okay. Um, cause this one guy, uh, Mitchell, um, uh, Mitchell Foster, I think okay. he was in development over at Nickelodeon for a while and I hadn't met him, but he was like aware of me and whatever. And he had gone over to Amazon and was like, hey, like, I love your stuff. Like, you know, let's meet up sometime. We would love for you to pitch to to Amazon. And so I pitched a couple of things and they really loved this one idea. So like, you know, I pitched it and they wanted to go into development. And so I, you know, worked out a deal and I was uh, I got to develop this whole like show Bible. So I did so much writing and drawing for all this stuff for this thing mm-hmm. and had a really good experience. But what ended up happening was, is uh, 
And it wasn't that they passed on the idea. It's they, like Amazon was shutting down their original animation division, like the whole thing, aside from, I think, aside from, I think, uh, adult animation. And I remember they were like, well, would you want to make it an adult thing? And I was like, I'm not interested in that. Like, Mm. you know, I don't want to force it. If the idea wasn't meant to be that, then it just wasn't like, I'm not going to try to fit a square peg in a round hole. Like it just, you know, uh, but yeah. So, I mean, again, it was a good experience and it didn't work out and that's fine. Uh, but you know, just more stuff like getting to, to develop things and all of that was just a really, really good experience. And I still have those materials. Like Mm -hmm. I still have all this art and these characters and these ideas. Like I'd write so many different episode ideas and all kinds of stuff that I'm like, Oh, that would be so much fun. And Oh, that could be so ridiculous. And you know, all the different things that you could do and places you could take a thing. So I don't know. I like, I also often get very exhausted by different stuff. Like it takes a lot out of you to pitch, especially when you're not like, you know, a very naturally extroverted person. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it just, it takes a lot out of you, you know, it's, there's a lot of work that has to go into it. It's so like draining and stressful and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, so you know, but at the end of the day, also, I, I can't get away from the fact that I love this medium so much and the possibilities that you have with it and being able to make something that, that exists in time, you know, like being able to time something out and, and make something hit a specific way, like, like that and the way that something moves and you know animates and is really like silly and poppy and whatever like i love that so much so i i i find myself i keep coming back to wanting to make things in that vein so you know we'll see how stuff goes but again (laughs) i mean absolutely i mean one, just hearing the experience that you had, like just making the, this thing, like it sounds incredible. It sounds like an experience I imagine any animator would, would want with that. Just kind of creating this oh, incredible sure. world more than anything else. And like, I will say watching the short as a forklift operator myself, I relate so much to some of the issues. In there. <laughs> but, nice, nice. <laughs> but I, I, one of the things I did want to at least ask is, you know, I saw recently you, you made a drawing saying that, you know, if you could go forward with off the shelf, uh, one of the things you mentioned is wanting to make uh, Max trans because you know you voiced Max initially, and I imagine that's something you, yeah. would, you would want to keep with that. So I just want to ask, just in general, if you had an opportunity, like let's mm-hmm. say you know Nick or some other place was straight up like, hey, you know, we revisited this this pilot you pitched years ago. You know, we actually want to go forth and make this a reality. Like, if you had the opportunity to, like, would you go forth yeah. and like really make that a, a true thing that people could hop on board of and love? Oh. No, definitely. Absolutely. Like, it's not even a question. Like, that's what it is and would be if if that ever came up, you know? Uh, and I mean, again, for me, it's like, like, they are me, I am them. Right. And like, you know, so it's like, well, if I do anything more with it, yeah, they're trans and I am too. And like, you know... Uh, and that's the thing is like, and even with aspects of it, like with her design and me, me 
redrawing her it's not wildly different right it's these very minor things that just you know add just a slight touch to it that feels nice and you know it's like i mean and that's an aspect though where being trans it's like like oh i'm still me yeah like I'm still a gremlin to the people that I care about. Like I'm still, uh, you know, sarcastic and ridiculous, but like, you know, um, like that aspect of me hasn't changed. Like I just get to be more authentically me and, and feel more comfortable as myself and work on those aspects of myself. And that's something that I'm super grateful for. And like, you know, again, fiercely, like I, things have been so bad and hostile towards, uh, especially trans people and trans kids. And like, I, I want nothing more than for like the well being and safety for like all these people, uh, especially in this country, but like all over the world, just because again, we're just people and we just, are living our lives and want to be able to live them, you know, and, and it not be this big struggle or to, you know, be harmed or anything like that. And, you know, so it's like, again, that's why it's like so important to me. And, you know, it's also like, it's so important to have as much, diverse representation in media because these things do connect to people and there are so many different kinds of people and it's like how how can you not love that aspect of people like being so wildly different and having so many different experiences and and you know breaking your preconceived notions about so many things you know it's like you know sure that can be scary for people having uh, their beliefs challenged or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you're so much better for it when you open yourself up to it. Right. Absolutely. I imagine if, if the opportunity was to arise, like if, if you could continue with off the shelf with even that subtle, but like significant change, I mean, even then like just an opportunity to work on a show like that and like present that representation out there, I can only imagine how important and how vital it would be for you to tell that story just at all. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, again, uh, like anyone who gets the opportunity to do those kinds of things, like I'm all for, mm-hmm. like, I, I love that aspect of it and, you know, want just more things, more good things. And it's okay for people to like, you know, people are going to make things that aren't perfect and messy and whatever. And like, yeah. that's great too. Like, you know, it's, it just is how we are as people being so like, again, organic and messy and, you know, all over the place. Uh, and, you know, just, just want more of that for sure. Yeah. That, that, that messiness is always appreciated out there. Unlike on this podcast where it's all nice and clear. Oh, fuck, there goes my glasses. No, I'm joking. <laughs> No, um, nice. <laughs> but in all seriousness, no, no. Like that's that's something that I I love to see, and I love to champion as much as I can. Like seeing that kind of stuff out there, you know. I I, I like 
I don't think it's brave for me to say, but like at the end of the day, like this kind of stuff needs to be out there. Like this stuff needs to be seen. And if it's not for you, that's great. But like it's for someone and they're going to love and appreciate it. And there's going to be some aspect that hopefully you'll enjoy. But if not, well, there's a variety of other stuff out there for people. And it, at the end of the day, this stuff needs to be there for everyone. So. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There you go. But, you know, sadly, like I said, we, we you know, we talked about off the shelf you know, you had the stuff boarded out, but it didn't go forward. But I imagine, I don't know if it was just the short itself or just the more experience you had, but it's not like you stopped when off the shelf stopped. You know, you had other incredible, great opportunities and such. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll say like, I'm looking at some of the opportunities that I didn't even mention or whatnot, but like <laughs> mm-hmm. the bit, one of the things I want to talk about is there is three shows that I at least noticed that you had a hand in that involved with revitalizing mm-hmm. old properties that you eventually got a part oh, of. Yeah. And uh, I'll go down like the first two real quick before I get into the big juicy one that I definitely want to talk a lot about, but like Peabody Peabody and Sherman and Rocky and Bullwinkle. How did the opportunities to work on those shows come to you in the first place? So with Peabody and Sherman, uh, I had gotten, uh, um, you know, like an agent, uh, because I, I was going into development. Like when I did the short, I didn't need an agent. Okay. Like they asked me if I wanted representation for it or like a lawyer or whatever. But you know, at that point I was like, well, these, these short deals are like pretty much the same for everyone. So like, I'm not gonna, you know, need whatever for that. But when going into development, I needed someone who like knew people and, could help sort of, you know, fight for the different things that I want. And, and that way it's like, oh, I don't just have to fight for myself in this arena of it. And especially again, with me not knowing all the different aspects of that side of the business. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that, that was super invaluable. But what had happened was, is, um, you know, uh, I had gotten a board test for, um, Peabody and Sherman. And so I'd submitted it. And the guy who ended up being my director on that, uh, Miles Thompson, who's an amazing artist and amazing person. I like love and miss him. Uh, you know, he's, he's so cool, but, uh, he liked my board and was showing it to Dave Smith, who's the showrunner. Okay. And, he was like, hey, you know, we should hire this person. And at the time, uh, Dave was like, oh, no, 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 I, I have this other person that I'm more interested in, right? Um, and then Miles showed him my short. <laughs> and that's when Dave went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, another reason why I was so grateful to be able to make – my short and make something like that as this very clear example. But any and you know it was board driven. They had writers and stuff, but you know we'd work through and get an outline and then figure out boarding it and whatever. And the nature of the, the episodes, it was like one episode, me and my board partner, like, you know, I would be doing the time travel episode and my board partner would be doing 
the show story, which okay. is like, you know, the part of the episode that takes place like in Peabody and Sherman's uh, penthouse apartment, which is more like, you know, like a, a talk show type thing. Right. And then the the time travel was, you know, more like the, the traditional show. And, you know, they had set it up the specific way or whatever, but it was a really, it was definitely one of the best working experiences that I had getting to work with all these people like Miles and Dave uh, and Mike Bell and Greg Miller and Mike Stern and Howie Perry, like all these people, a lot of them had worked on so many cartoons that I loved. Like a lot of them had come up with like, Candy Tartakovsky and Craig McCracken and like all of them working on things like Dexter's Lab and Powerpuff Girls and, you know, making shows like, uh, you know, whatever happened to Robot Jones and uh, I don't know, just all this stuff that I was always like, oh, this stuff's so fun and funny. And so getting to work with those people was such a a treat and a a great experience. And, you know, and then getting to board on something that was it, it, like it had the best schedule that I've ever had okay. uh, doing boards, which was it was essentially like you had uh, I think it was like let's see like you had like three weeks to do your very first rough pass of the board. Okay. And then you then you do a pitch, and in that pitch, it's just the showrunner, the head writer, my director, and my board partner in the pitch. And you pitch through, and you you know get notes and whatever, and you go from there. And then you get another two weeks, uh, and you're addressing notes and starting to clean things up a bit more and changing whatever. And then you do another pitch with them, and you know maybe get some more notes and get a better handle on, you know, the direction that things need to go and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then you get another week and you're doing any more changes or, you know, more cleaning up. And that next pitch is like your final pitch. Right. And so you do that pitch and that pitch, everyone on the crew can go to see. And it would always be so much fun to have a really good, like energy in the room kind of pitch and have people laughing at jokes and, you know, enjoying the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then after you do that, you'd get like the, the other executives at the studio would, uh, you know, also be in on those meetings and give their notes and whatever. And so at that point between me and my board partner, like we would, go okay well who is closer to done and who needs more time right okay and whoever was closer to done their board would need to be done within the next week mm-hmm. and the person who needed more time would get two weeks and the the difference would be is if say you know i was done sooner right and i was done in that one week uh for that second week of those two weeks uh, I could decompress. <laughs> so having having a little bit of downtime meant so so much. Sounds uh, like a dream, you know, between between boards. And I mean, that doesn't happen. Like nobody does that anymore. Uh, <laughs> and apparently, they used to all the time. Like the schedules were more like that in like the '90s and the early aughts. But like, okay. you know, the the schedules shrunk and budgets shrunk, and you know, it's like. 
like why this is terrible like you need time for these things um but anyway so it was a it was a really good experience getting to do that so altogether you know one episode your your time boarding is anywhere between seven to eight weeks which you know like on average now like a board is five weeks and that's like average sometimes three or four for the whole board which is ridiculous to me i can't you know you can't do the right amount of work that needs to go into this stuff in such short amount of time like you know again there's so many people who like don't fully understand that aspect of it, but are just trying to like crunch numbers and sort of squeeze the most out of it that they can. And, you know, the, the work suffers. And of course the people suffer for having to be pushed into these crunch situations. And it's, it's so rampant that it's frustrating, you know, I Um, I hope, I hope that there can be some good drastic change, uh, you know, sooner than later. I agree. <laughs> because, uh, you know, everyone needs it. But, uh, but yeah, so getting to work on Sherman and Peabody, it was like we were just making a silly cartoon and doing it the way we wanted. And so that was really fun. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And, you know, I mean, I had grown up loving like J Ward cartoons. So Rocky right. and Bullwinkle and Sherman and Peabody and all of that. So I was like excited to get to draw the characters and, you know, have fun with it. And, and uh, the, the studio that uh, did the animation for it, DHX, um, you know, we had these, these uh, animators, uh, Dallas and Craig, mm-hmm. and then people like uh, uh, Jamie, who I think was like one of the, the head uh, like, you know, in charge of like, you know, animation or character animation or whatever. But, uh, and he was fantastic. And the stuff that they would do just, ah, it, it plussed everything so much. And it was just so fun. And, you know, getting to see them have fun with boards that I did, like, just meant a lot to me to be able to know that, that, uh, me having fun helped translate down the line for other people getting to have fun with it and it not being like a too rigid of a process and not being able to, you know, uh, be additive as animators and whatever. Cause I know a lot of situations where people work with studios overseas or in Canada or whatever, and they don't get a lot of input on whatever, you know, they're just, they're, they're the factory putting together the hot dog that is the end product. And that sucks. Like it sucks that they're put in that position because they're, they're artists and they're creative and they're like, there's so much potential with them. Like, again, how would you not want to utilize that aspect of it and give them, you know, that little bit of freedom and control to be able to, be additive and, and, you know, have fun with it. And so, yeah, anyways, that, that was a really good experience. Uh, I worked on Rocky and Bullwinkle and I liked a good deal of the crew that I worked with on that. Mm -hmm. Um, When it was developed initially, uh, it was the showrunner of Peabody and Sherman, Dave Smith. Mm -hmm. And, 
so he, uh, like he was developing a Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon and they were going to do it for Amazon and all this stuff. And things seemed to be going okay, but as they were developing it and whatever, the the whole idea was like, oh, we're going to have a seven-minute Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon, and then a five-minute middle cartoon, and then a seven-minute Rocky and Bullwinkle. And so, like, you know, the Rocky and Bullwinkle could have its, uh, you know, overarching story or whatever. Right. But the middle cartoons were George of the Jungle, Super Chicken, Tom Slick, and Dudley do right. Okay. And you know, I I got to board uh, one of the Georgia the Jungle shorts, and it was so much fun. <laughs> I had a blast. Uh, but then, for whatever reason, the studio had decided, uh, you know what? We don't want the middle cartoons, and uh, we want it to be scripted, and we want it to be twenty-two minute episodes. Uh, and, you know, okay. there was a lot about that that was like, uh, I, I'm not happy about that, but whatever. Um, and so I can't remember in what way, like, if they let him go or if he left of his own choice, but Dave ended up leaving. And the showrunner that they brought in is this guy, Scott Fellows, who created... Um, um, what did he create? Oh, he created Johnny Test. Um, mm. And he also did, I think, like, Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide or something. So he did, like, some live action stuff and then some, you know, flash cartoon things uh, as well. And so, like, for whatever reason, the studio was like, oh, we'll bring him in as the showrunner, which was crazy because on top of him running this show, he was also running another show up at a studio in Canada, which is, like, crazy because yeah. it's, like, you need this person for so many things and they're gone half the time. And, you know, ultimately that aspect of it and like working with people like him was crazy to me because it was just horrendous. <laughs> like, I just, I did not like working with him and, you know, they have these weird ideas for things and don't understand so many things uh, about how animation works and all this. Uh, it was just, it was ridiculous. So you know, it wasn't as good of an experience as Peabody was for sure. Um, you know, again, there were some of the people on the crew that I really liked. I liked my board partner, um, right. you know, and, uh, you know, some of the other board artists and revisionists and, you know, a couple of the directors were, were really cool. But again, aside from that stuff and like the design team, oh my God, they were so, so good. And I always loved getting to see everything they were doing and like just making fantastic stuff. So a bunch of people like, uh, uh, God, it was, uh, I think Aaron, uh, but yeah, like, uh, just so many really skilled artists and always loved getting to work with people like that and just seeing them make good fun appealing stuff yeah um so yeah that that was my experience on both of those what was the other one you were gonna ask well the one i was gonna ask about well i, I just want to say super quickly about the other two and just basically like the journey at least up to this point it seems like every single stop along the way has been like 
a unique experience one way or another. Uh, <laughs> certainly a learning experience is about everywhere that you go. But the the yeah. other show that I definitely wanted to sink my teeth into, and I hadn't mentioned it yet, but I mean, obviously it's some, probably the most recent one that people would know you for, it's Jellystone, the wonderful show that is Jellystone. How did this opportunity even come to you in the first place to work on that show? So I, again, I had met and knew Carl from like years before and, you know, had talked to him and stuff online and whatever. And, uh, you know, and then of course, when he was making Harvey Beaks over at Nickelodeon was while I was on Breadwinners. Okay. And I would constantly head over to, uh, you know, the area they were in where they're making that show and hang out with the people over there because I was like, this seems really fun over here. <laughs> I, I mean, I was just going to say, like, um, super quickly, like, you know, especially for those that don't know who we're talking about, you know, C.H. Greenblatt or Carl Greenblatt, like, the, like just about every single show that he's either had a hand in or that he's created or whatnot has just looked like a fun experience from start to finish, no matter what. Whether it was helping out back in the day with, like, SpongeBob and, you know, Grim Adventures to, like, the shows he created, like, Chowder, Harvey Beaks, and obviously now Jellystone, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And, uh, you know, so it was it was fun to be around them and everything. But uh, Carl had reached out and was like, hey, I've been developing this show over at Warner Brothers and it's with these characters. And I think you could be a good like I want to work with you and I think you'd be a a good fit for this. It's a silly, cartoony cartoon. Mm -hmm. And, you know uh want to want to bring you on and so i was like okay yeah i'm down you know and of course i mean again i i love his work and his sensibility and you know uh so getting to get on that show pretty much from the the start um you know uh he had developed so much and whatever and then it was going and so it was like this room full of us where it's like okay here's the directors and here's the the board artists and then here's the supervising director and here's like you know the head writer ben gruber and then you know and then carl and it was a really fun and fantastic experience especially during the writing phase where we're like in a conference room figuring all this stuff out right like there's all these things that it's like okay well here are some things that are set right like yogi is still yogi because he's he's such a distinct character personality and you know boo boo basically boo boo a little augmented but no basic him and you know huckleberry hound is still him but there were all these things that it was like okay maybe this and maybe that and so we worked together to really figure out a lot of this stuff and Mm -hmm. and did a lot of drawing and a lot of writing and joking around and it was it was a such a really fantastic experience getting to work with all of them and you know figure a lot of things out and so we're writing outlines and helping each other with things and it was just really really good and so then, uh, you know, after writing outlines and getting into it, then we got into the boarding phase and, you know, hitting up different stuff with that. And for me, anyways, as I was going, I was struggling with different things. And, you know, it, there were a lot of different aspects of it that were difficult when it came to the the boarding part of it, mm-hmm. especially with the the schedule and the 
you know, amount of work that would go into this stuff and it being like, okay, here are the first whatever is right. Like my first episode was like the first episode on the production line. Okay. (laughs) So it was like, it was like, you know, Oh my God. Uh, out of the frying pan in the fire. Yep. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, and I mean, there were, there were definitely good aspects of it, but it was, you know, I was struggling with different stuff and, uh, you know, it, it got even harder with my second board and, you know, they ended up, uh, you know, letting me go after that experience Mm. and like it just wasn't working out on the board side like on the writing side i was doing great i did all this like like concept design and a lot of stuff that like helped with the designers you know uh and so anyways that had happened and then shortly after that they had hit me up and were like hey uh you know, because they had all the different design positions, like, oh, here's the, you know, this the two character designers and the two color stylists and the two background designers and the two background painters, you know. Uh, but they were like, well, we don't have a prop artist, like prop and effects. And, you know, basically they had the, the two character designers were doing all the props and effects. Mm. And they were falling so far behind. So they were like, we want to give you like a position as the prop and effects designer. And, you know, so then I was taking that on and, you know, first off I was starting from behind because they were already behind. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, and it was, it was a pretty big and crazy workload. Like, you know, I, I had to draw so many vehicles and like the, the route that they went with the design for like, things with the backgrounds and especially things like the vehicles. Like there were a lot of things that were still cartoony and could be cartoony when it came to props and effects. But when it came to vehicles, um, you know, the art director had wanted things a certain way and they had gotten like this one person who was like a, like an automotive engineer, you know, concept artist or something. And they had done some like rough concepts for a bunch of vehicles and whatever, but like, it was basically like, okay, we'll use these as templates and then, but clean them up and tie them down. And like, you know, it was definitely way out of my comfort zone, but I was like, I, I struggled a lot. I did it. I was doing the work um, and getting them these things. But you know, sometimes it was just so insane. Like I had to design a train, both the, train boxcar and the train like engine and i had to do a full turn on both of those and both of those split in half Mm. so i have to design them each half all the way around split so it was insane but yeah so anyways uh aside from the vehicles like it was you know a really fun experience and you know i got to help out too with some of the character design stuff here and there and right. so that was a lot of fun i mean you know i just i love drawing silly fun cartoony stuff mm-hmm. and personally i had hoped and wanted the things like vehicles to be more in line with like how they drew vehicles and like chat outer or something 
you know, but uh, didn't go that route. So it ended up being a lot of work. But um, yeah, so anyways, as that had gone, it was it was mostly a good experience. But by the end, I, I had fallen behind because, again, everyone else is doing like, like, oh, there's this character designer and then there's this character designer. And the first one works on episode one and the second one works on episode two and the first one works on episode three and the second one works on episode four. Uh, and then when they brought me on, it was like, okay, you're working on one, two, three, four, five, you know, all the episodes. So, and, and the fact that I had started from behind. So it was like, oh my God, this is so much. Um, so I tried to do the best that I could, but by the end, I wasn't able to like finish everything that I was like supposed to do. Okay. So, you know, that fell on like their designers, like the, the character designers, which again, I don't like they did the best that they could yeah. and I appreciate them. They were fantastic. But, but again, so like, uh, because of how all that had gone and whatever, like, um, I knew that they were doing a second season, but you know, I'd found out that I wasn't, uh, able to come back. And when I say second season, I mean like production season. Right. Cause like they'll do the thing where it's like, okay, they do one production season. And then when they put it out there, they're like, here's the first half that's season one. And then here's the second half of se- pr- production season one, that's season two, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, doing all that, but, uh, as, as things get all weird with, uh, streaming and all of that but anyways especially with with animation but yeah so anyways so you know there's going to be more jellystone and i'm looking forward to it and you know seeing what everybody got to do uh you know i was bummed that i didn't get to uh be involved with it because again i i loved a lot of different aspects of these old cartoons and you know, and and also we fully acknowledge that like there's elements to a lot of these old cartoons that are like charming and whatever, but most of it is just the designs, mm-hmm. and a lot of those shows were like so boring and not <laughs> not really good cartoons. I mean, you know, there there are some that are good. You know, yeah. like Yogi was was pretty fun, and the Flintstones. I mean, you know, it's basically prehistoric the honeymooners right. uh so of course that's fun but you know there were a lot where it's like and and we use so many characters i mean and that was the thing carl was very like we need to use characters that already exist we're not going to like make anything new it's it's stuff that's already there and so you know we would do all kinds of things with all these different characters and it was like fun and ridiculous ridiculous and all of that but yeah it was it was like well we don't to you know sort of beholden to like the the original source material because you know we're like well it wasn't like they were really good funny cartoons most of them (laughs) so you know we'll just do whatever with them and got to you know have a lot of fun and try different things and so you know got some really good stuff out of it and you know again uh for the most part most of that crew like they're all people i love they all do fantastic work, uh, and I always wish them all the best, like, you know, with everything that they do and, and all of that. So, you know, and try to keep in touch with as many friends as I can and right. all of that. But, yeah, it was it was a good experience, but it was also a complicated experience. Um, 
So yeah, again, there was a lot that I loved about it and I loved getting to work with Carl and, you know, especially things where like during the writing phase, like the usual way of going about stuff was like, we'd get in in the morning and Carl would have a board game that we he'd bring in and we'd all play (laughs) a different board game or whatever. And, you know, that's sort of like the morning, like we're warming up our brains and all of that or whatever. Uh, Sometimes we would, you know, watch old cartoons or different references or whatever. Um, But like, usually we would just play a board game until it's like lunchtime, then go have lunch and then come back. And once we're back, then we actually start the work of writing and everything because his thoughts or philosophy on that when it came to the writing part of the process was like I'm not going to really think well and come up with good before so like why push yourself <laughs> in the morning when you know you could, you could sort of warm up your, your brain and have a little fun with these people you're working with uh, you know and then and then have warmed up enough and and eased into your day enough that, you know, when you come back from lunch, you can actually, you know, do some good thinking and working and writing. Um, So, yeah, again, overall, really good experience. Um, Again, I love and appreciate, like, all of those people. Like, they're they're awesome, you know. And, you know, uh, who knows if or when, uh, you know, I'll get to work with Carl again or, you know, anyone else, like, uh, it'd be cool. I'd be open to it, but, uh, you know, we'll see how stuff goes. I never know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, again, just based on the conversation that we've had, just thinking about like all the experiences you've had, I think that's a good philosophy we've had. I hope you get to work with some of these people again, but I don't know because it's just been like a good, hopefully more often than not a good kind of chaotic, just by every single step of this, of the, the animation process you've been a part of. I mean, I know part of it, I know part of it is just, you know, working with the machine and how that's supposed to go. But also part of it is just the environment that some of the people brought, like when you were working on Sherman, uh, uh, like when you're working uh, Jellystone, like uh, incredible environments, nevertheless. And I, I sincerely hope you get an opportunity to to work more with, you know, these incredible people and such. I was going to say, like, even I I certainly could see, like, you know, Carl or like some of the other people, places you've worked at, like some of them having an influence with you and your own personal art. Because whenever I looked at your own oh, yeah. personal art, like I get a lot of like the 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 vibe of those like late 2000s cartoons and even some of the early ones like I, a lot of like the chowder essence with some of your art and some of the muppet essences and such like i can only imagine yeah. how much of an impact that oh, has definitely. for your art working around this stuff <laughs> oh yeah no absolutely i mean again I, there's so much that i love about uh you know all these artists and their work and like you know how can it not influence me when I love it that much. And I mean, there's plenty of things where it's like, oh, I love this, but it's not an influence on me and the way that I draw or do things. And that's fine. Uh, you know, but then there are the things where it's like, oh my God, I want to draw things like this. And I want them to have this, you know, charm and silliness and be ridiculous and, you know, all of that. And uh, yeah, again, very grateful to, you know, have gotten to have a, all of the different opportunities and experiences that I've had, uh, you know, 
and yeah, it's just it's it's been good and it's been crazy. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, the world needs a little crazy here and there, you know. It doesn't hurt too much. I. I did at least want to oh, ask. For one, sure. I did at least want to ask one thing. Um, obviously, like you've had an opportunity uh-huh. to work on so many like incredible shows, and we obviously talked about like one opportunity that you've had uh, when it comes to off the shelf, like making your own stuff. Is there any more concepts or ideas that, if you were given the opportunity, you'd love to bring to fruition? I mean, I saw one on your website that I don't know if it was you helping someone else out or if it was your own idea. I think it was called Sweet Beans or something along the lines of that. Oh yeah, no, that. Uh, so my friend. Uh, Mallory, who goes by Sweet Beans, okay. uh, she she does comics and stuff, and she's one of my best friends. Okay, like, I love her so much. I actually hung out with her and her wife, Brittany, uh, recently. But she has, uh, you know, these comics and these characters that she makes okay. with these characters called called Sweet Beans. And it was for her birthday one year. I wanted to make what looked like screenshots of them in a cartoon. <laughs> and, you know, I was just like, I love her work and I love these characters. And so I just, that's what I wanted to do as okay. like a little gift for her birthday. And, you know, again, she's been sweet and amazing and like so funny and uh, just makes great art and really funny, crazy stuff. So like, you know. Uh, of course, I was like, oh, I, I want to draw these characters and have fun with it. <laughs> Good. Well, is, um, is there any yeah, as, as far as what well, I was going to say, as far as like uh, other ideas. Yeah, I've, I've I've come up with I mean, again, it's a it's a ridiculous of other things. I don't know. Over years and whatever, you know, information thing i was working on uh the thing that was in development over at amazon is a thing called harry harry oh, right. um, okay and then uh there were there were other ones you know i had like one idea that i was kind of developing called hardwood knocks okay. um and then uh called let's another one called possum pi which was like a uh you know weird detective but they're all just like silly cartoon whatever because that's what I love the most. Right. Um but yeah, just again, uh yeah, bunch of different things that I've been working on, developing or whatever and you know, again, I love figuring out different stuff like how are these characters like what's their dynamics and you know, how do they interact with each other and treat each other and like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this character, it's like, oh, well, they hardly ever get mad. Push them to get mad, uh, you know, and all these different things with them. And it's it's a lot of fun. And again, I can't I can't help but, uh, you know, noodle and dink around and, and develop things over time anyways. Right. Uh, so, you know, I would love to make another short at some point. Uh, I don't know when, but it would be really fun to get to do uh, a new short, uh, you know, again, showcasing, uh, you know, my sensibilities, but just having fun doing something new uh, that's my own and, you know, getting to work with other people to, to make something like that would be 
would be really cool. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how stuff goes. You never know. I would certainly like to see but, uh, more what you could yeah. possibly do when it comes to kind of stuff. Although I, I want to say I love that mentality you have about like having like certain characters and like tinkering with them and seeing how far you can push them. That's actually very similar to a previous guest I've had on the podcast that you've actually done a commission for, if I remember correctly, uh, Julian Parrish. Um, that like, uh, oh, person, nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like they were talking about like their process when it comes to short stuff like that, and it just reminded me about your little statement right there. And I mean, even then, like whether it be with your own stuff. Or just the stuff that you've had a hand in, like throughout all these years, like just thinking back to your entire art journey as a whole, does it surprise you how far you've mm-hmm. been able to come along? I mean, not at this point. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. It's 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 all just been a journey, and like, you know, I'm still on it. So it's like, we'll see what happens and how stuff goes, but like you know, just kind of taking it all in and trying to, trying to, you know, have fun and, and be good to the people I care about and like make stuff because I can't not make stuff. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's not, it's not surprising. Like I, I knew like, while I don't know, everything that's going to happen and which way things are going to go. I try to push myself in a general direction. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's the way that I like to, like, if I have other people working on something for me and with me, like, that's the way that I feel about it. Like, I don't want to be micromanaging about a thing and be like, Oh, this is the exact way that you have to go to do this thing. It's, it's more like shouting out to everyone. Okay. Let's move in that general direction. There you go. And however you want to, you know, get there, it's all good. Like, you know, people can sidestep, people can backtrack. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, Mm -hmm. it's everyone's doing their own thing. And, like, that's cool and interesting and, and adds something to it. So, like, you know, as long as there's movement, like, you're good. I don't know. Hopefully that movement can keep you going forward, nevertheless, on this journey and doing incredible stuff. Um, thanks, thanks. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, hey, for this next question, how about we move upward, a lot upward, if I may, and give you more or less the dream scenario, if I may. Let's say I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags right here. I come up to you and I'm like, look, Melody, we know you can do some yeah. incredible stuff. We've seen the stuff you've had a hand in. We see the stuff you've developed. We know there are some incredible, there's a gold mine here waiting to be mined. You just need that little extra push, a little extra platform to get you to that point. We have access to anyone and everyone in whatever industry possible and more money than there should be possible. We should probably be making sure that all the writers, directors, actors, and animators are all compensated well. And all that stuff. We'll focus on them in a second. Well, right now we are focusing on you and you alone. If given this opportunity, what would be the dream melody project? Um, it's kind of between three ideas, okay. which, you know, like, cause again, I mean, and I don't know, like, I just, I love making stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. I just want to keep making stuff. And, you know, like it would be awesome to get to do any of them, but also like, 
I know in my mind that it's like, well, if I get to do and make one, then it's like, great. That's awesome. I love that. But whenever something comes to an end and it's like, all right, well, this is the thing that I made and whatever. It isn't like, okay, I'm done. My life goals are complete. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, you know, part of it right. uh, again. So it's, it's in that sense, I don't have sort of like a, a be all end all, whatever. Like there's so many things that I want to do and, you know, love making and, and, you know, putting out there and, you know, there's going to be stuff that I've had before that I would love to do. And then yeah. things that I haven't even thought of yet that would be, you know, cool to develop and figure out and whatever. So, okay. you know, um, but obviously, you know, any of the, the ones that I had mentioned between, you know, off the shelf, Harry, Harry and hardwood knocks, like those are all like really fun and solid ideas that I know could be really good and really fun cartoons. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I know there, there's been a lot of times where people are like, Oh, well, like, have you considered doing a, a comic or a graphic novel or something? And yes, I have considered it, right. but the hard part for me is always coming back to the simple fact that I love the medium of animation right. and like being able to express stuff in this timed way and everything that goes into it and everything that comes out of it. I just, I love that so much. It's hard for me to be like, okay, I'm just going to make a comic of whatever. Cause mm -hmm. I just, I love seeing things move and I love having this finished thing that you can watch and share and, you know, it's one thing to like pitch a thing to friends and be like, here's this board that I have. But if I have an animatic, like I love to just show it because it's like, I did the work, you can see it, but I don't have to keep pitching this. Thing. <laughs> Cause that's exciting. fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, Hey, I'll tell you what, we'll compromise and you can do all three of them. We'll just fund an animation studio for you. You can do all the stuff <laughs> that you want to do. It's your studio. Have fun with it. Um, <laughs> Sure, sure. That uh, that sounds good. I'll uh, I'll get all the all the best people that I love, and you, uh, you know, give them job. Exactly, exactly. But sadly, we gotta get down from the dream scenario. We gotta get back to reality, and I'll ask the ever so generic question: Where do you <laughs> where do you hope to see yourself, say, five to ten years from now? Oh God, I can't even begin to answer that question. Like <laughs> I don't right blame now, you. I don't like, blame I, you. in the in the sense that you know, I yeah, I, I want to move in a positive direction. I want to, you know, be able to work on myself and you know, just getting to a healthier place, you know, in every aspect of my life and mm -hmm. and everything. But also like. This past like year and a half has been like a such a tumultuous year and you know so much about my life has been very up in the air and so <laughs> that's why it's like um I don't know which direction I'm going because it's like it's like getting launched by a giant trampoline and you're in the middle of the air and it's like where do you want to go and I'm like I don't know I'm flying right now and I have no control over like hardly anything so <laughs> so like you know 
I don't know. I really, truly don't. But, uh, you know, I will continue to make things and I will continue to try to take up. But that's kind of it right now, especially with, you know, way uh, and the place that animation and the entertainment industry in gen- general are at right now um, with things like the writer's strike. Like, oh my God, I love that they're striking. I want more places and more uh, unions to strike. Like, you know, because people need and deserve so much better than everyone's getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, like, I truly believe in everyone having a right to have all of the things that they need to have food, to have housing, to, you know, be able to have healthcare, you know, uh, everyone deserves that. And like, I, I hope that somehow there can be some big and drastic changes sooner than later uh, that will be actually beneficial for like everyone's sake oh trust me Um, i'm right there with you yeah (laughs) i was saying like literally on my the i i had a image that uh, i commissioned my buddy for a while back um if you remember that like classic meme of the the sonic doing the alone on a friday night pathetic thing like that meme that popped up so i made like an edit about Uh like video game designers about that so i did my own version with the the mr moneybags actually that says i want animators to be paid more to work less and tell their stories to the fullest and i am not kidding that is something that like i i i especially with all the stuff going on with the writers guild and such. And, you know, Lord knows the other entertainment industries possibly going on strike before too long. Like I, I'm right there with you. Like I sincerely hope that, especially for you, I sincerely hope you get an opportunity to tell incredible stories and like your thing, you know, going with your metaphor, the trampoline, hopefully that forward progress goes into a pile of uh, pillows, not a pile of eggshells. That's all I can hope for. (laughs) Yeah, no, that uh, that sounds good. Uh, I will hope for what I can and try to work towards what I can mm-hmm. and deal with things as they come because, you know, I never know yeah. what's going to happen. Uh, so, you know, that's the best you can do. Yeah. It's just, just whatever you can at ever, any given moment. Just got to uh, deal with what life throws at you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As we start to wind down, as we start to wind down the interview, I just have one last question I want to ask you. Obviously, you're deeply entrenched in art, and you have been for ages. There's no denying that, especially at this point. How important yeah. is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? Oh God, it's it's essential uh, to life. Like, art is how people communicate with each other mm-hmm. in ways that aren't as direct as simply talking to each other and you know like you you can put so much of yourself into creating just about anything and art is so enriching and you know just can bring so much love and joy and hope for people so like it's so important like so so important And, you know, I wish that it were more valued, especially in this country, Mm -hmm. because 
it is so important. And, you know, some places there are people that do value it a lot more, but like really it, it is a lot, you know, if we didn't have art, things would be the most mind numbing, bland, gray existence, uh, because it informs so much, uh, about the way we live and the experiences that we have, uh, you know, and the things around us and, you know, the fact that we can, you know, do what we can to try to cultivate that in us and around us is, is awesome. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's so, so important. Wonderfully worded. If I do say so myself, (laughs) uh, Mel- Melody, that is all the questions that I have for you. I've already showered you with a bunch of praise, but I want to show you a little bit more because it's uh-huh. my podcast. I do what I want. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> look, like I said, Melody, you are someone that I have been admiring your art for years. Um, like I said, obviously in the beginning, you know, you're you were one of the first people I wanted to have on this podcast, and getting the opportunity to talk to you, like I really do appreciate it more than anything else that you gave me the time, especially getting a chance to hear your story, hear just how crazy and insane of a journey it has been like it is probably one of the most unique journeys I've had on this podcast and just heard in general when it comes to anyone in the animation industry. Like I, I appreciate where you came from. And I appreciate how far you've been able to develop and I can't help but commend you for staying forth with this path because if nothing <laughs> else, like it just tells me how much you truly have a love and passion for this. And I certainly see that with, your own personal artwork with the stuff you've been able to put out there. And I, I sincerely hope that more people get an opportunity to see that love and passion more than anything else, because I know it's probably one of the strongest forces that we have at this point. And I sincerely hope that it, you get opportunities to really showcase that on full display because it is infectious more than anything else to, to see and hear about it. Long story short, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for what you have done and please keep up the incredible work because I know, you will i i feel like you should be getting so many incredible opportunities to showcase that art in one way or another and i know if you let people see that more than anything else you'll get there you'll have those opportunities so thank you so much oh thank you uh thanks for having me and you know uh just getting to you know have this uh conversation and everything and talk about all this stuff and yeah just uh appreciate it and yeah just grateful so Absolutely. you know thanks and yeah i hope hope that you and anyone listening has a good day or night mm-hmm. wherever you are Absolutely. I was going to say if people want to see more of that passion and maybe some of the incredible art that I am talking about go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home Oh uh so i am uh Isa art on most platforms, that's I Z A A R T, like all together, one word, no space. Uh, and that's on Twitter, that's on Instagram, that's on Tumblr. Um, you know, I mean, you can Google my name and you'll find my my portfolio site or my IMDb. Like, I'm easy to search for, so there you go. <laughs> not even not even a big deal. There you go. Do you have any final words before we sign off? Um, keep being silly and crazy because, uh, there's never enough of that. And, you know, love the people that are dear to you because, you know, 
life is so short and, you know, why not spend your time focused on love and positivity as much as you can because life's difficult and painful and, you know, just want the best for people. So, yeah, that's it. Absolutely. With that, all I have left to say is for the people at home, hasta the wig, amigos. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time listening, I cannot tell you enough how much I appreciate you sticking around to this point. Um, Like I said, obviously, in the beginning, like I said several times before, this was an episode that I had been wanting to have for ages. Melody was honestly one of the first people that I had messaged about coming on the podcast. And to know that after all this time, we were finally able to make it happen. It, it, It was as wonderful of a conversation as I can anticipate. And Melody, if you've gotten up to this point... Once again, sincerely thank you for taking the time and really giving me such incredible insight to your experience. You know, seeing how much of a a weird journey, rocky road that has been to get you to this point, you know. Uh, I'll be honest, if you guys have been paying attention on Twitter, uh, for at least what I've been saying or whatnot, it's been a rough week for me. And, you know, honestly, listening back to Melody's story, it, it... it makes me it makes me appreciate the journey that she has gone on so far because I can only imagine how hectic and chaotic it can be. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not my own experience, but obviously, you know, whenever you move around as much and you meet several incredible people and you gain and lose so many incredible opportunities, it makes you truly appreciative that throughout all of it that someone as incredible as Melody is able to keep moving forward and keep trying to do incredible stuff. Uh, Cause it's definitely not easy out there. People It's not easy at all. And it's something I'm trying to, you know, keep in mind with my own personal journey, just trying to keep moving along, keep my head up high. Um, I'll be honest. Some, some days, some weeks are better than others. Uh, but I I know that I've got to keep keep on keeping on, you know that that cheesy little phrase or whatnot because that's that's it's just it's life. I mean, we can all agree life can be weird and hectic sometimes. Life can be stupid sometimes, but that's just part of the human experience, one way or another. And speaking of Twitter, I seriously need to fucking find somewhere else to be, guys. <laughs> Oh, fuck me. Uh, Jesus. I don't know if you saw, at least by the time I'm recording this, the recent news of Twitter basically only enabling, like, verified users can message people that aren't following them or whatnot, which completely just destroys how this podcast is more or less run. 
or how the, how I set up guests and such. Like, unless I personally know you personally, DMs are usually like the first place I go to. Now, granted, I have been able to find other ways, email, you know, maybe Instagram or something like that. But the way this is going, like, it's just getting worse. It's just getting stupid and chaotic. But, you know, like, like everything else I just said, it's life. And the less I harp on Twitter, the better. <laughs> I, and another thing that I pointed out at the beginning that I want to thank you guys for is, obviously, like I said, this is episode 130. Um, thank you guys for showing all the love and support that you have been able to. That's honestly what's helped me, not just with this past week, but with this whole journey more than anything else. I cannot thank you guys enough for continuing to show that love and support and continuing to spread the word as much as you can. It genuinely means the world to me. Uh, and it's part of the reason why I still want to keep going. Well, I still want to, with this, I, I still want to keep doing this more than anything else. So do yourselves a favor, treat yourself better than I've been treating myself this past week. Like be good to yourselves. Don't beat yourself up over stupid, petty bullshit. Stay strong. Uh, Writers Guild of America strong. Stay striking. Uh, keep doing incredible work. Seriously, keep doing incredible stuff. You're doing fantastic work, whether you're telling yourself you are or not. Keep up that incredible work, seriously. Please. 